comrades. Welcome to Movie Quest. Or shall I say TV Quest this week. Uh, we decided to take a little bit of a detour from our normal movie watching episodes and we decided to have a chat about a new TV show that's just finished airing on uh, HBO, which was Chernobyl. I'm joined by my good friends, Aaron and Johnny, as always, and I'll be your host today, Ant. So over the course of this episode, we're going to be discussing the, the show as a whole, how it affected us, and now that the final episode's aired, how it all was wrapped up. Uh, we'll also be doing a little bit of research outside of the uh, TV show. We're going to have a little chat about some other things that are going on connected with Chernobyl. Um, so look forward to that. But my first question, really, was uh, I want to know, what did you guys know about like Chernobyl before watching the show? Did you know much about it? Before watching the show? Well, I mean, I saw the trailer. So that gave me <laughs> yeah. a, a a decent insight, but um, I mean, it's it's kind of always been a bit of a, a dark fascination. Really, it's one mm. of those things that you hear about, but no one's really spoke to me about it. I've never really had an in depth conversation with anybody about it. It's it's one of those things you'll you'll go on Wikipedia and you'll delve deep into the dark midst of it and you'll try and research as much as you can, but never really get a full mm. full story of it. Yeah, I mean, because just to give people a bit of context, you might not know us. Um, this, tra- you know, this this accident happened just over thirty three years ago, and we're all not thirty three. So <laughs> we we I mean, it would have been a few years before we actually knew what was going on the world. Going on in the world, it would have been sort of old news by that point, wouldn't it? It was probably like when I sort of started to know what was going on around the world. It's probably mid nineties, I would say, when I was probably seven or eight or nine or something where I sort of kind of knew what stuff was going on. So for me, it sort of just passed me by. I didn't really know much about it. So, uh, you know what? Like, I think when I was quite young, I want to say that we learned about it in in school. So it's, it was in Northern Ireland that I learned about it. Definitely not in England. Mm. And like Northern Ireland's like history, the way we learn about stuff is was actually quite different to the way that it's been is taught or what the, the subjects that you learn or the events that you learn about in England were different and I'm pretty sure that Chernobyl was one of the things that we learned about but I knew like roughly of the events but I definitely could not have told you like the main key players yeah. like I think for me like the main things I knew mostly just from video games to be honest or movies or books <laughs> like <Not a> fallout <laughs> pretty much yeah well like um there's a couple of it's like stalker series or oh yeah, 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 yeah yeah chernobyl um that game is so hard like oh yeah mm. rock hard game but basically you're in the exclusion zone out here and you there's like all mutated animals and that sort of stuff yeah, you just be walking along and just be like oh no you're dead you've walked into some high levels of radiation yes uh so there's that was that there was like trying to remember there's been a couple of like horror movies and stuff based on it like i think it was chernobyl diaries came out a few years ago i remember seeing that around um and then also like the big one for me was call of duty for uh the sort of that whole story arc ends up if the whole game ends up in um chernobyl and you end up in in the town of pripyat but yeah that, i mean to, to be honest i didn't know that much i knew there was an explosion i knew there was an uh, there's an exclusion zone and there was like nuclear fallout, but apart from that, that was about it, which is surprising really, because it was one of the biggest events that happened, you know, in the eighties and nineties. Mm. But I guess if you think about it, like I probably wouldn't have been able to tell you that much about the Titanic, on up until the film came out, and then taught, you know, and then you actually people like talked about it, and you've heard a lot about it. Um, so I guess it ta- it takes TV shows and films like this that that document mm. it to get popular, so you can actually understand. So the show Chernobyl is obviously based on the disaster at the the power plant in chernobyl 
So it was in April 1986, there was an explosion. Um, and the, basically this show is the efforts of everyone around, uh, everyone in the Soviet Union to try and clear up the mess that was made. Uh, the main the main character in the show, the main one really is uh, Jared Harris, plays the uh, nuclear scientist brought in to uh, help clear up the mess. His name is Valery Legasov. 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 Valery Legasov. I think, I mean, we're probably absolutely ruining the... No, I'm going to probably ruin all these, but... So yeah, <laughs> uh, Valery Legasov, next big uh, uh, character in the show is... Um, Played by Stellan Skarsgård, it's a uh, Boris uh, Shabina. He was um, a Soviet politician brought in to help organise the clean up. He was, yeah, one of the most probably recognisable actors in the show. Uh, and then we had um, Emily Watson, who's playing um, Ulana uh, Komiuk, um, who was another female scientist. Who's a, f- a female scientist who was one of the first people outside of the of the disaster to actually realise it was something that happened she like she's a composite character for of a bunch of different scientists um, and people involved in the clean up but she's basically there to like help move some of the story along and also yeah be show some of the other stories that happened uh, around the uh, around I thought that was really clever to like combine oh yeah quite a lot of stories into one person you know it, it may take away from what that one person individually might have done mm. but to add in loads of extra characters, kind of. Oh yeah, it would just get too complicated. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it'd be hard, much harder to follow. Yeah. And she she played it so well, like it really felt like you know when I learned it, it, it um it was a lot of different scientists put into one character, mm. like I just it really felt I heard like a lot of the voices, like I felt like mm. I was I was seeing a lot of different perspectives coming through this one character, and it's just she just did such a good job. Um, sorry. So yes. Uh, and it was created by uh, Craig Mazin, I think his name is, amazing. Um, who's writer and creator. He also did. So he did. I looked up what he did. He's done some random films. He did like The Hangover Part Two and Three, I think. I think he produced an episode of Halt and Catch Fire, and I think it was just one single episode. But I'm just happy he did that because that's a great TV show as well. Yeah, for for those of you who don't know Johnny, he loves Halt and Catch Fire. Very so, much so. So he also did Scary Movie 3, Scary Movie 4, Superhero Movie. Just like a bunch of like sort of comedy, not amazing films. I don't know. I'm just surprised that he's the writer. But I guess a lot of those films probably had a lot of different writers. But this it seems like his breakout project, from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. He's been working on it for quite a long time. Yeah, it's like three years or something. Yeah. yeah. And then it was directed by um, a gentleman called uh, Johan Rennick, I think his name is. Um who obviously did a great job of it. And Hilda Guanadutur did the score. Oh, she's an Icelandic? She's an Icelandic composer, yeah. Yeah, I would not want to try and say that name. I, it's very Guanadutur. You know what, right? I've probably butchered. butchered Just go that. listen to her music, it's beautiful. Hilda, when you're listening to this, uh, I apologise for um, butchering your last name. Uh, so... We'll start talking about the actual TV show, shall we? Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the first things that struck me with the TV show straight away was just how they decided on the how to portray the accents and how to portray, like how the the actors would speak and how like the you know they'd have the language they have like the the lettering would all be in Cyrillic, um, but all the dialogue would be in English. Did you guys find that as a find a barrier with that at all, or were you kind of does it was it fine for you like how it was portrayed? 
uh, I I was drawn sort of straight into it. Um, I I didn't, you know, I obviously knew it was uh, based in Russia, the Ukraine. I was expecting to have that Soviet accent. Yeah, uh, which is almost caricature-ish. But uh, when I heard this accent, I was just like, oh, that sounds familiar. And then, like, quite familiar, like, northern familiar. Mm. And I was kind of just accepted it, and I didn't even think to, to question it, really. Um, yeah, it it seemed to fit, really. Because with the northern accent, I you know, it can be quite aggressive at times. And, um, you know, thick with... Uh, accents and stuff and i feel like as a light for like for for russian i feel like it it worked really well what do you guys think um well have you ever seen have either of you ever seen fortitude no i haven't that's another that, is that another sky atlantic show yeah yeah it's another, another sky atlantic show um but essentially it's like a joint venture between like norway and and, and england and again it's a similar sort of, sort of situation where they chose to um have all the actors and actresses speak in english rather than like the native tongue um there's sometimes a few accents here and there that were maybe more norwegian but um i think it was more like a, a conscious decision for the the show producers and writers to make it easier for maybe like a western audience yeah. to understand and that's similar to what they've chosen to do with yeah. with chernobyl i mean if you Ant and I both listened to the podcast and the writer and producer of the show, um, he he chose to do that for right from the bat for reasons that I would disagree with. Pers- personally, personally, I would disagree it with him. It was basically because he felt like if he did it as a, in a Russian, Russian accent, there's two things, wasn't there? It was that the actors would be playing the accent and wouldn't be necessarily concentrating on like the emotions and being in the scene mm-hmm, and stuff, and mm-hmm, just try to do the accent. Mm-hmm. And the second thing was that the Amer- a lot of Americans would find it like kind of hu- humorous and like it's you know again a bit of a caricature, so it sort of takes you out and it sort of becomes more of a comedy sort of thing. For me though, I I wasn't too bothered by the accent um, apart from when an accent stood out to me. So there was one in particular that really stood out that I, that straight away took me out the film, uh, out the out the show, which was. I think it's Pavlov is his name in the episode three, who's the um, the young kid who um, joins, uh, goes to the be oh, one of the yeah, um, yeah. liquidators and like is shooting the shooting the dogs. And I, I'm sure as soon as I, he started talking, he didn't have many lines, but I'm sure he had an American accent. No, he's Irish. Is he Irish? He, he was yeah, in Dunkirk. Yeah. Really? He was, the, he was the kid who. He's that. Oh Sorry, right. Spoilers. Okay. It sound it's, <laughs> it's rude. It sounded to me. It sounded American. I don't know why. And straight away, I was like, "Oh, it sounds weird. Like it doesn't fit the the rest of the show." And then, like, but again, it didn't. The rest of it didn't really bother me. Um, I mean, the, the reason why I brought I wanted to bring it up is just like quite a few, like a couple of my family members and a few people at work who I spoke to about it. They said that it felt a bit weird that they were why weren't they speaking Russian? Why weren't they speaking mm-hmm. in an, with an accent? Um, I f- I feel it's it wouldn't have as as wider appeal because then it becomes this is a foreign film yes and pe- yeah, people yeah. watching German films or Norwegian films it's it's a hard watch. Um, but what but, what about Ukrainians though? Like for example, um, do you think that it's kind of almost disrespectful in a way to like their 
their culture, their history, their accent. Like, do you not think it would have been more appropriate to either just have it spoken in 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 its native tongue? Or, or, or I mean, you could, I you could say that about the whole show, really, because it's HBO, a big American corporation, coming in to tell a story about Russians and yeah. Ukrainians, and that in itself is kind of like, mm, is it is it their story to tell? So, you know, that that's that's you know one sort of ethical thing to maybe ponder but um, like i think to be, to be fair again i'm not ukrainian but i would imagine they know this story pretty well and it's yeah, the, yeah it's the western audience who won't know it very well so it's sort of opening up and and, and showing you know showing the western world like what actually happened and, and the sort of like heroic heroic efforts they went to to actually oh, yeah. solve the problem so yeah, yeah i mean i guess I wouldn't have been, to me it wouldn't I wouldn't have been bothered if it had a, a Ukrainian accent or whatever. Yeah, me neither. But I mean, I'm, it's obviously a, it was a, a choice for, for them to do that, and and, I, and it didn't bother me. I just wanted to bring it up because yeah. uh, a few people mentioned. I don't it. necessarily think it was the wrong choice or a bad choice. Like uh, it's exactly as the the writer said. Like I think, and what we've already said now is like um, it's for a Western audience. Yeah. We are getting told the story yeah. of of Chernobyl and and the heroic. Um, lives that were lost and mm. and the, and the people that still live, you know, from the fallout from that today, like it's just it was made almost like simpler for us to understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of like some of these heroic efforts and stuff, was there any like what sort of standout moments for you guys were there in, during the show? Like, like there's so many for me. I was trying to think of it. It's just quite there's so many that you can pick from. But is there any like that really stand out to you? Well. I mean, there were there were a couple of moments, uh, really, that sort of stick in my mind. One from the very first episode is after the ex- the explosion of the power plant. Um, the firefighters have gone into oh yeah to, to start putting out the fire, but away from the action, away from all of that, are the the people from the town of Pripyat. Yeah. Uh, and they decide to go to a bridge. Oh, and, that yeah. scene. Um, it's not necessarily them on the bridge, but it's the shot of the power plant and the beam of light that's going up into the sky. I, I just think it's... For something that's so destructive and will have caused so many deaths, it just looks so beautiful in its own way. And it was really like... The way it was shot, it was like really like calm and like oh, just mate. like... It was like quite beautiful, really. I was dying. Yeah, but it was like, yeah, oh, quite but, horrific. But just to add, add to that, um, I think I was I was watching um, a video about some of the the fallout of that. All the people who were on the bridge, uh, I think there was about thirty people who went yeah. there. They all they all died from. Um, I apologise uh, for using the words "dying." Radioactive was, uh, uh, substances and stuff. Um, yeah, from from all the fallout. Mm. Yeah, I think like when I was watching it with Heather, like, because obviously we are, we know, and I think there's so many scenes, especially in the first episode where it was happening, where there'd be scenes and people would just be interacting with like just in in around radioactive yeah like just stuff. There's like people getting married and stuff, and none of them have been told. Like it, it's genuinely horrific to watch. Like yeah. so, so scary just to just to think that they were living in that incomplete. Like they just didn't know. Yeah, how, yeah. like it's, it? it's just so awful. And that scene on on on, and I think it was it was is an interesting choice for the for the show to, to sort of have that beautiful moment on the bridge, because it was just like that, 
Oh my goodness. Is that how they ended? They, they pretty much ended it having it was that and then they had the um the people going to school the next day, didn't they? And then they ended it with the bird dying, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it's horrific. It's crazy that they, they didn't didn't tell anyone. Um how about how about you, Aaron? Is there anything that stood out for you? Are we are we talking about like so obviously you've talked about like bad but then again you said it was like more like standout moments. Just anything. Um, I mean, we'll talk we'll, we'll talk about like some of the more horrific Okay, well, it, it, I guess like if I if I, I'll so, couple of couple of things. Um, so the the two gentlemen who are the control, the control, um, people, the people who are, are, who yeah. are trying to handle it. So obviously at the start of the show, we don't really know what efforts were made for them to try and stop it from blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact is, like when they're saying we did everything right, we did everything right. And then obviously you you follow their story and obviously and you follow what happens to them and the horrific things that they have to go through. Yeah. Like they genuinely, genuinely did everything right and they knew that they did everything right, yeah. And they knew that going downstairs and doing the whole thing with the water and turning all the pipes on was going to kill them in this horrific way. And they knew it was wasn't gonna do anything as well. Yeah, and these are because they were getting forced by that by, by the um the chief engineer. Yeah, and, and you just think like, you know, like why are you doing this? But they just, you know, that that the amount of just those two, there's just the self sacrifice was just insane. The obviously just like it just in general, like the whole attitude of like the Soviet people of just being like, yep, we're gonna do it, let's just do it, was like just unbelievable. Um, and then obviously, I think Boris, you know, Boris the um. Politician, the, yeah, yeah, the politician. I think his character development was just really, like, really, really cool. Like, oh I, yeah. Do you know how, like, the almost like the veil was like lifted for him during this period of time, mm-hmm. and like you see this like hardcore like Soviet Union, um, I don't, I don't know, pro state, like, yeah, pro state, like just really just like like you know extremist, um, learning very very quickly that actually the nation that he loves maybe the way that they do things isn't the best way to do it there's more there's way more moments than that but oh yeah those are just i'm just gonna pick those ones mm. uh i mean for me there's a couple uh, i mean like the well one of them that stood out for me just i just it's not, it not like a massive moment or anything. it's just a character moment so the uh chief engineer um played by paul ritter who's um who basically pushes Pushes them to do the safety test and pushes yeah. them to do to basically pushes the nuclear reactor to the brink of, uh, of disaster. Well, to disaster, um, just like how he was in complete denial, like throughout the entirety of mm. the first episode, mm. as as we're watching what's happened, and just like just how it, it just amazed me, like that, just that one character that to me that was just like amazing how he was he couldn't he couldn't like accept the truth at all, even after like even when he was in the hospital and stuff like. He still wasn't. He still didn't believe it exploded, and you know, it took the uh, female scientist characters to actually show him the picture of the explosion. And then even then, I mean, I guess deep down he knew it happened, but it was just in that much denial that it actually happened. It was to me that was just really shocking. We were saying before uh, recording this, like out of all the characters, to me he felt the most unbelievable as as a character. But yeah. you've seen um, other documentaries and other things which seem to support 
Yeah, yeah, he, he's basically... His betrayal in this. Yeah, from what I've seen of a few of the documentaries and things I've, I've seen of him, like of how the events unfolded, he basically is the same character in those as well. Like, he's doing the same things in the control room and telling him to do the same thing. Like, so I'm assuming, like, it must be all based off the, off the witness testimony of the other scientists and the... Um, so this is this is um, Anatoly Dyatlov is the um, chief engineer, but yeah, I was, to me that was just blown away with how, just his complete denial about the whole situation. Uh, but I guess it's just one of those things that human beings can do when they're like really just it just breaks their mind of like this could never have happened to him. So, mm. See, but do you think do you think it's that or do you think it's the the Soviet doctrine? Like, oh, it's probably part of that as well. Like, but um, yeah, I feel like he's got the mentality of it's too big to break. Yes, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, this has never happened. This is yeah. never going to happen. Like, we are all small cogs in this thing. Let's just get this done. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think there's so many. There's like, uh, I think for me in in the show, there's like a clear divide between people like him and then people who are just like, just born into the Soviet Union and like just are. They they're not cog in the in the sh- in the machine like the miners for example like they they are cogs and they know how it works but they just they know the system's broken all in oh the yeah same. yeah I I think a lot of people were like that they just some people wanted to some people wanted to play this play the game and play the system more than others and yeah he obviously wanted to because he wanted to move up um so there's that so that was pretty I mean impactful for me um apart from that there's loads but like. Again, we touched on the miners. The miners are a class. That yeah, whole, amazing. That, they brought quite a lot of levity to the show as well, which we kind of needed. Oof, it's quite a haunting and, and dark show, and watching it, you're like, Oof, I need to watch something a bit happier afterwards. But um, whereas those guys sort of brought a bit of levity, a bit of dark humour to it. Mm. Um, and the, the reveal that, you know, they're, they're digging a the tunnel out under the power plant, and that they, they because it was that hot, they had to go naked, <laughs> which is amazing. It's just like, that's just brilliant that it genuinely happened as well like that's how it, that's how it went down they were naked yeah i uh, i i watched some footage of that and i i mean maybe they did and I, I don't know enough about it but i got a feeling it might have been a little bit of uh you know dramatic license there to make them completely naked because when i saw some videos yeah they had the tops off and stuff but i don't know if not i'm not sure maybe but, like you know maybe some of them were naked but yeah. not all of them or yeah whatever, like, I, I it makes know. it better it makes it be a better tv show it needs a, it needed a levity as well i think it was it it showed it showed you like a very different sort of people in the Soviet Union as well, like how they yeah. treated the politician who came up to them to ask them to um they said oh, you need you need to come to Chernobyl and help us sort out this crisis, and they walk up to him and they they pat him down with, <laughs> with all the coal like all the um dirty hands and he and he goes I think he says uh, oh now you look like the minister of coal and he's like covered in coal it's like <laughs> it was really good I thought that that, that was. The most humorous like part of the whole show. Really. Yeah, I just yeah. loved that whole whole miners um, saga. So, was there anything else we wanted? To, any other standout moments for us? Uh, I I thought I thought something that was uh, another thing that really stuck into my head was uh, liquidators, who are uh, the soldiers and the just general public who are recruited to help with the cleanup. Oh yeah. Um and uh, basically, there's loads of nuclear. Uh, fuel and dust and radioactive particles, which are on the roof of the uh, reactor building. Graphite, uh, which the mass- yeah, be... the massive like box of graphite. As well. Yeah, they they all need to be cleaned up, and they've they've tried sending robots up there. The Joker, which is a German robot, and then uh, some lunar landing robots, but the radioactivity was too high. So basically, these 
liquidators had 90 seconds of time to go up onto the roof and just shovel and move as much stuff as they could in that 90 seconds. If they stayed there for any longer, they would get serious, long-lasting radioactive damage to that their, was like to life, their bodies. Their yeah. lifetime dose, wasn't it? Yeah, it was you, like 90 seconds. Yeah, 90 seconds was a lifetime's dose worth of, of radiation. And bear in mind, just doing just normal things would have given you more than than that so they're going to experience more than an, enough radiation to maybe t- potentially cause harm but that's why I had, they had those like i don't know if you saw on their jackets they had those like little like button things you know oh yeah it was like re- tell them how much radiation wasn't had. it like a piece of film yeah yeah it was that actually yeah what was interesting i watched on afterwards i watched on youtube a bunch of footage about these stuff and i watched the original um there's a there's a ukrainian documentary that was made and it, it goes through this whole process of how they cleaned up the roof and stuff mm. And one of the things that people were doing was um, because they were that committed to clearing up the roof and they wanted to they wanted to get it all sorted, they would have so they have new people coming constantly and they you know they get they get the um, talk from the from the um, from like one of the colonels or whatever about how they need to go out and clear the roof, but because some people weren't weren't as good as other as others and the people who were really really good at it. Basically, it would take the film off the new people and say, "Right, go on. I'm going to do it again," and they'd do it over and over and over again. Oh my! So they like gosh. so they basically sacrifice themselves like to make it quicker. Uh, and I guess part of it from watching this documentary is a lot of people they didn't quite understand how dangerous it was mm. and what it would do to them. Yeah, um, they sort of thought they got used to it or whatever. But like, it's, but then part of it was that they did did that some of them did know and they just wanted to get it done quicker and they thought. I don't want to leave it to some people who aren't going to do a good job of it. I want to do. Yeah, it, I yeah. want to do it mm. again properly. So it was those people. Some of those people, like a lot of them, did sacrifice themselves to do that. It was three three thousand plus people yeah. that had to go up. I think it was three thousand eight hundred or something. I think three thousand eight hundred twenty six sounds yeah. about right. But each one of those had a ninety second amount of time to go up and shovel and move as much stuff as they could. Um, I like that in the show as well that they. They showed they did the scene would lasted ninety seconds if you timed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could you could go on this little journey of how he would like he was like trying to get the um, the graphite off the roof. Yeah. Well, one of the things I sort of thought was like it would be so much better if they actually had like a proper roof where it was a pitch roof, so all the material <laughs> would just fall down. Yeah. Or maybe it would be harder to clean because they might fall off. Oh yeah, and like someone would have got like lodged or something. Maybe yeah. Yeah, that's um, true. I don't know. I guess they probably didn't think about about clearing off the graphite when they first built it because they didn't think it was going to explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, did think it was going to because I don't think they thought any nuclear reactor could explode. You know, so. what I thought when I was watching that, I was thinking, I was thinking they need better shovels. Like the shovels look rubbish. Or like yeah. long shovels, like a really like shovel on a really long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like, that. Yeah, you could like you know you could like knock it off. The, the thing side is, or I, I think I think the graphite was supposed to be really heavy um, as well. But I was like the equipment they had was rubbish, and they they had to. I think they, I think I read that they had to actually make a lot of the the um, the lead coated like yeah. cl- cloves and stuff yeah. themselves. She's just crazy, and they you know, had the they had the. Um... They took the lead from the other reactors. Yeah, yeah, they that's took what off they the were walls making their stuff, yeah. their stuff with. Yeah, it's crazy, but yeah, you sort of like. I wonder if the shovels they had were like, that's the shovel they've got for the whole of the Soviet Union. So this is what we're going to mm. use instead of like having a bunch of different shovels they can use. Or whatever. I don't know. But the other thing I was thinking about was, with the with the firefighters when they went to initially got right up to the reactor to to be in contact with this stuff. Mm all of their uniforms were taken off them and put into this pit 
mm. uh, because they were really radioactive. I'm wondering if those liquidators had to reuse the same things that have been oh, used yeah. before, which are already radioactive, which they're wearing. I, I don't I know. know yeah. so... We would have thought they must have known by that point. I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, I mean, it was that whole like sequence was just it's just it's unbelievable like it's really simple task is to clear a roof of rubble <laughs> but it was ridiculously hard for them to do it's yeah, just... yeah. It, because you know what the cost is mm. like watching them do this really basic simple task is yeah like my heart was pumping um again if we're gonna talk about liquidators that the three dudes who just like sat like fully knowing that they were gonna die and went into the water to to put the to turn the pumps on. Oh, the divers. The divers. The divers, yeah. Well, because uh, I've listened to the latest podcast. Yeah. Um, actually, apparently, uh, two of the divers. Yes. Are still around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but they they thought that it, unless it was that in the episode. It was actually that, it's that's on the, the, bla- uh, the white white text black background. Oh, sorry, it's what pulling it and yeah. end credits. So yeah, I, I was yeah that was surprising. I thought they would definitely have been like taken taken out by the radiation, but it was amazing they managed to survive. Well, two of them did at least. Yeah, but it's just like that. It's just that 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 actually just like self sacrifice. Like I don't think I've ever experienced anything so um, something that got me so much emotionally um, in in a, in, a, in a film in in the room where they were all like basically told we need someone to yeah. volunteer and they, those guys stood up. Yeah, it was amazing. It's just, and there's so many moments like that in this t- this one TV program mm. where I was just like constantly just like amazed by human beings oh, and yeah. like their attitude and their willingness just to like help. It's just um, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So I think a lot of those stand up moments probably wouldn't be as impactful if it wasn't for the music. I mean, to me, the score in this show is really for me. It's really important. Um, it gives the it gives the show an edge and a. a it gives like it makes you it makes you tense and it makes you more involved with the with the show but it also gives you um almost like a a, a, a presence and a feeling of what the radiation is doing and yeah. like and how like it's not evil but how like horrible it is um and i think like if it wasn't for if it wasn't for that music i think it wouldn't be as a lot of these moments wouldn't be as impactful i think yeah i totally like totally agree with you like um, it was less dramatic and more um, created to make you as a viewer think about the the things that are happening on yeah. screen. It's allowing, haunting. Yeah, allowing you to dwell yeah. on, on moments. Like, there'd be long-lasting shots of, like, these, I don't know, like, seemingly... We, like you know the the shot of the, the final shot of the third episode where the, the the they've just buried the the four or five people and obviously they put them in the, the tin cans and anyway the, there's this shot of like you're watching them cover the cement but oh, you yeah. just see the cement just covering really slowly but the music is just really eerie and really powerful and you just like for me i was just like so consumed by this like wow like this is really really sad and this music is just hitting me emotionally really heavily. Um, she did such a good job, I think, of just portraying. It was almost like a, a different type of voice. Like it's, yeah. it was speaking to you um, on a different level as well as the show sort of speaking to you like vocally and visually. Like it just melded everything together. Like this is definitely one of the best scores personally that I've heard in a TV program. Like 
it just it has me it just has me i i have a slightly different experience i i don't dislike the score but i feel like it complements what's happening on screen so well i just didn't notice it one bit like i can't think of the score apart from the bits where it's actual radioactive creaking noise like that like the detectors well i was going to ask about that because it feels like that she sort of for me it seems like well, what I remember of it, she sort of incorporated a lot of those sort of noises in with the music. They almost fit together really well, didn't mm, they? I think so. It's 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 kind of a weird mix of music alongside um, the action and kind of natural noise, which has artificially been put there to make you feel and think a certain way. Yeah. Although that noise isn't like it. Yeah, there I know what you mean. It sort of feels like if you were there in Pripyat and you were like watching the nuclear uh, power plant you know burning up and the light went out of it it almost feels like you'd probably hear you'd hear this music in the background even though it's not obviously mm. it's not like actually there but it, it sort of feels so integral to the show that it feels like that is what that's what that whole area should sound like sort of Cause, thing because one of the things I thought I would hear in this whole series is like the air raid siren kind of sound oh right yeah. like that kind of get out get out yeah but that's trouble that, that would that would that would be like if they actually told the the people who lived there yeah exactly yeah and, and that's why it's a lot of it is so quiet and calm because it's oh, yeah, trying to be yeah. perceived as i mean this is just my own thoughts but like it's perceived to be oh this is this is a safe place you yeah know, you're fine, fine to be here yeah there's nothing going on and then but there's this secret thing which has been unleashed and no one can see it and no one can oh yeah can hear it it's just there affecting everybody the fact that it's like yeah this invisible force i think yeah the music really really pulls in like the fact that you can't see it you don't know where it is you don't know how it's affecting you but you like again talking about the some of the silent moments the, the, the bit on the roof where they're running around and you just know like is that massive rock there going to be that? Is that going to kill me? Or is this? It's just like you don't. It's really hard to tell. And the music and the sort of sound effects of the of the um, I don't know what they call the, the the radiation detectors. Yeah, it's really striking. It's at yeah. certain points it's so like over like overwhelming that you just like oh it's, it's so uncomfortable to be in that situation with them. Um, yeah, I, I think it was I think it was brilliantly done. So I know like most of the stand up moments we talked about were pretty horrific already on their own. But uh, I mean, this show is full of these like horrible, like really, really impactful moments. Was there any? Was there anything else you like that you want to talk about that really moved you, like or really scared you or anything? Like there's again, this whole show is like it's not that it's not enjoyable to watch in a way that mm. like a lot of other shows are. But it's like it's so good that you know you can't not watch it. But it was yeah, was there any sort of standout moments that were like felt sort of just horrific and you just like I can't believe I'm watching this. Um, I think it's not the most prominent, but I think it's the first moment in the um, TV series where you really start to think, oh, this is going to be horrific. And it's, you know, when the dude picks up the graphite oh, uh, yeah. brick. The and then, yeah, and then, like, you know, literally two minutes later, he takes his glove off and it's like his hand is, like, melting. Mm-hmm. And then you just think, everyone else is going to experience this in the next you know, whatever. And then we just see some of the most horrific what, things. What's horrific is obviously as an audience member, we know what's what's happening. And we're like, get out of there, run, get, get away from it. But they, I mean, they just, I, I guess at the time, there wasn't the, there wasn't the knowledge they about know, what yeah. their radiation was doing know. to you. Um, or, or even if they did know, 
because again because like it's their duty to like I'm a fireman I need to put this fire out otherwise you know I'm gonna either, you know lose my job or you know, people are depending on me they just did it anyway like similar to like, the guy I was talking about before where the scientists went down to release the water in the tanks knowing full well it's not gonna help anything but they did it anyway out of duty mm-hmm. I'm sort of um, pointing out the obvious here but the you know the scenes in the hospital where you're seeing the real effects of yeah. what the radiation does uh, did to the people that was really kind of hard to watch um yeah obviously knowing about chernobyl for quite a long time and you know hearing about it and saying oh you know a lot of people must have died but not really truly understanding oh, yeah, what they went how or why they died mm. seeing these people who were just kind of like a shadow of their former selves just kind of almost melting into <sighs> nothingness in in these hostel beds um and then was... also built on top of that, the doctor's allowing the wife of the fireman to go in, and even though and even though she knew she was pregnant, obviously she didn't realize. She I think she just thought it was normal normal burns or whatever. She didn't realize mm. that the radiation was going to affect her. And as a viewer, knowing that it's just absolutely horrific. Yeah, it's. Um, I saw it in the trailer. It showed part of it in the trailer, and it kind of. Um, made me think right okay this is they're not just gonna do like a sellout sort of tv show and hide away from some of the gory details because even in the trailer for the the show they they showed some shots and i was just like oh my days this is i I feel like they're gonna do this um give this as much uh do this justice like they're, they're gonna do a proper retelling of it if they're gonna go and show some of these really hard to watch horrific scenes they're obviously not trying to go for a rating or trying to appease mm. a particular um uh, critic or anything they're just telling the story as it as it is and as it should mm. be told yeah okay so i think the most impactful ep- episode for me was episode four and i text both of you two and then yours oh, both yeah. of your reactions was like no episode three was worse but like the scene that whole episode was horrific and heather and i were just like not enjoying like i mean it's, you can't say enjoying but you know like as which in, like, episode was that Aaron? it's the episode where they go and they follow the three dudes who go and kill they're killing all the animals essentially yeah, all the, the liquidators. All the house, yeah the liquidators yeah. are killing all the household pets and stuff and like like so the kid actually he does he didn't exist he's not a real character they used him as a as a way of like showing the other two characters who are real um showing what their story is so like and sort of his experience with them is 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 somewhat close to i guess how they how it all went down anyway um essentially like it just really got to me really really got to me that these animals like did nothing wrong have nothing to do with this it's a human error it's a human made thing and they are having to suffer for it and that really really upset me because it's just not their fault. And I know that like people, you know, you could say, oh, well, the human factor. And I was like, yeah, I get that. I do get that. But like, at least the human understands somewhat as to why they're, you yeah. know, what, 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 why it's happening. But these dogs, these cats or whatever animals and stuff like that, I just think like they're so innocent. And especially, you know, when they, the, the, the puppies die. Mm-hmm. And you see the mum, this, this this shot, and I don't know if they did it on purpose, but the mum dog just looked like so happy that it's just had, you know, it's got these little puppies, and I'm just like, 
nah man nah am i am i like i can't i can't just can't i just i just can't deal with like dogs in particular yeah just it just like yeah. gets me to the core and that was honestly after that like um there's you know the ghibli film um grave of the fireflies, grave of the fireflies. won't watch it again because it's just too much i haven't seen that film yet it's too much. Yeah. What it, what happens in that film is too much, and I will not watch that episode again because that was too much. Like I can't. I I know my limits, and that is mm-hmm. that is one of those things. And it's not that I, I don't want to take away from like obviously the human lives that were lost because because it, it's awful. I just think that episode as a piece of TV just hit me mm-hmm. so hard. And then Ant sent like this wonderful little video, which I've watched like five times now, <laughs> maybe six, of just like puppies in, of Chernobyl. So there's obviously dogs and stuff that lived, yeah, um, and they're healthy and they're well. Um, you just can't pet them, yes, because they carry radioactive yeah. particles. Yes. And um, I just it's nice to see that the animals, like just nature in general, just like have has found a way to right itself. Life has found a way. It has as, found as a way. Mr. Jeff Goldblum would have said, yeah. So, um, like, I just we just thought, you know, we've done a bit of research outside the TV show, you know, as we were watching it, and also after the fact, thought it might be good just to just to add a bit of a uh, bit of extra knowledge into people's brains. You know, people might not have heard all this stuff, or you know, the TV show a lot obviously couldn't cover everything. So there's and some things that can, that doesn't really affect the sort of TV show and the story. So I thought it might be useful to talk about. So. Um, Johnny, do you want to tell us about what they did after the after the disaster happened? Actually, like yeah. So basically, um, if we go back to episode four, they've the liquidators have cleared the roof of the main radioactive material, but there's still a big gaping hole in the reactor. So this is spewing out radioactive material just into the open atmosphere. Now this isn't really gone into at all. It's not touched on in the TV show. No. Um, I think partly just because it would maybe detract from the final episode where it's the the courtroom scene and then it goes back to the first, uh, like pre it's uh, like pre first episode where mm. it goes into the first few hours. But basically, to stop all this radioactivity just continuing to go out, they built a um, a a building over the top of it uh, with the liquidators. So they uh, went in into this highly radioactive zone and built this um, sarcophagus. sarcophagus Concrete uh, one. Apparently uh, it took them three months to build. Yeah, three months to build, made out of steel and uh, concrete blocks. And um, yeah, it was a, you know, a great effort where they... um, I would have thought it would be very similar to how the the roof worked, where they couldn't have many people up there for long, I would have thought. Yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, it's... it will have been a really dangerous job for them to to do to be that close to it, and I imagine a lot of those people working like that. I I can't really see you putting a in a concrete block or a a steel um, quickly. I I can't imagine no. it to be a quick thing. But they did have a bit more time to to get rid of uh, sorry to prepare the area. They they did it over three months, uh, and they you know they built this shelter over it. But the shelter was never designed to last for a long uh, amount of time. It only lasted, well, it it was only designed to last for 15 years to stop the the radiation going out. 
and over that time the radiation from inside was uh, deteriorating it from the inside and the weather from the outside obviously we're mm. in russia you know uh quite bad winters or ukraine bad winters mm, hot yeah. summers it's getting hit by uh lots of different weather weathers and um yeah it started to deteriorate so in 2000 about 20 european countries um with the help of uh ukraine and Everyone else all got together and um, came up with a plan to build a new sarcophagus to to encapsulate the original one and the reactor. Um, And how they did it was they built it away from the actual reactor and they slid it over the top of it on rails which ran alongside it so that they could spend a long time building it, building it to the right specifications where it's not going to deteriorate quickly mm. where they could fit a crane inside of it um where it can be operated remotely it's quite it's quite amazing to look at we were watching a bit of a video before like from inside it and it's it's amazing really it's like it's almost like a, the millennium dome sort of size yeah. or whatever it, over this whole reactor it's a it's a big arch shape so if you imagine a can of baked beans and if you <laughs> got a saw and you sliced it from the top to the bottom and put it on its side that's what it looks like yeah. it looks like a big metal tin can uh but it's i think 98 meters tall Whoa. and about 240 250 meters mm. long um it's got its own ventilation system so when uh the plan is for over the next couple of years because it it's now been completed it was completed in 2018 um I've seen on Wikipedia the schedule for what they're planning to do over the next few years and uh, they're looking to dismantle around twenty no 2,000 tonnes worth of material from the site hmm. um, before even getting towards the cause. This is just what they're planning to do in the next couple of years. So the crane that they've put in there, that it can um, pick up 50 tonnes at a time of material. Oh. Obviously, they're not going to be picking up that amount of stuff but that's what it can do and um supposedly the way that they're getting rid of the nuclear debris from it is just with hoovers oh, really? obviously not like your standard like dyson or whatever it's uh you know the industrial hoovers and it they're just there to suck off the the dust i imagine the will... amount of like equipment they've got now and like the protective equipment and protective clothing must, must be so much better than it was back then i would have thought well yeah pe- people have been researching this mm. around the world people will have you know new precautions new schemes and governing bodies will probably be in force i mean i'm not in this sector yeah uh but you know it's a heavily worked in sector um I know my brother worked in nuclear industry and I know two or three other people who have worked in the nuclear industry. So, yeah, yeah I, I also I looked into um, other, like, I was curious, like, what happened to all the other reactors, you know, in, in Ukraine and in Russia and stuff. And I looked into it. Apparently, there's, there's still 10 uh, RBMK reactors still running now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, amazing. They've been going for that long. Um, another, so they've got a couple of couple of facts. So that was one of them. Okay, okay, fine. Um, one of the amazing facts I, I found out was that the nuclear reactors. So that so the the one in um, Chernobyl that exploded. That was that was the uh, n- n- number four of like the different um, reactors on that on that site. 
and the other three were, were carried on working, carried on being mm. manned, yeah, yeah. carried on providing power for Kiev, <sighs> like throughout the entire, uh, throughout the entire um, disaster, like when they were, uh, were cleaning it up, and also up until 1999, it was still running, it was still yeah, going ahead, yeah. and then I mean obviously. I guess they couldn't just stop it because they needed the power to, to you know, to power a bunch of other cities nearby and stuff. Mm. But that, to me, that was amazing. That like, as this was all happening, people were going in, going to their day job, working on on the nuclear reactors. Yeah. Just amazing, really. Isn't it? Because it's really safe. That's why it's still it's still to really be fair, safe. It probably was quite safe in there because it had, they were all lead lined walls. <laughs> Maybe not when they took them all off to make their um, oh my goodness to make what they call the egg boxes. <laughs> mm. But yeah, um, so that that yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. The only, the only other thing I wanted to mention was just some of the costs that have been involved oh, in yeah. the uh, the clean-up since. So to create the new sarcophagus cost uh, 1.5 billion euros and the continuing upkeep and decommissioning of the reactors set to cost 700 million euros, which is a lot of money. But I was thinking about it just now. I was thinking... That's just Avengers Endgame. That's just like the amount of money, like two of those. Oh, the that, film. That, that's like how much it took. Yeah. So, I don't know. It seems a lot of money, and it is a lot of money, but it's two Avengers. That's insane. And Avengers. Oh, yeah. So, two Avengers is bigger than the cleanup for Chernobyl. Wow. Which is. Really? Which it just seems yeah. weird to, well, to think about. How many footballers does it cost as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh no, that's scary. Is that isn't it? So, Aaron, did you look into anything? Yes, yeah, a couple of, couple of things that um, a couple of things I looked into. It's mostly based around radioactivity. So I've got some some interesting things. Please tell the scientist, Aaron. Oh Com- my comrade, Aaron. Oh my goodness. So th- if there's anyone who's like remotely scientific or my, knows anything about my brother's science. my brother is just going to be like what is this yeah uh i apologize now because this is <laughs> this is an idiot describing stuff so i've tried to make it as simple as possible because i just couldn't get my head around it so anyway um chernobyl produced 400 times more radioactive material uh, and put it in the atmosphere than hiroshima mm-hmm. 400 times that's a lot that's a lot yep um so the difference between Chernobyl and a nuclear bomb is a nuclear bomb's radioactivity is much more harmful in a shorter period of time yeah. because that's obviously what it's designed to do. But the Cause, radio- yeah, because when you drop a bomb, you don't want it to be like you don't want to just destroy that whole country forever. You want to like be able, you want to like just just take out the people who are there and then obviously be able to you know use the land again or whatever. Whereas like what is it like, is it a couple is it 20,000 years or something it's going to be until yeah until this is like you're able to go but the, the thing is like you know it just researching this sort of stuff and like finding this sort of stuff right just makes me think like why use nuclear bombs because they're literally like even still it makes that place unhabitable for x amount yeah. of time like okay so you, you blow stuff up but like at what cost? You're not. You don't. You're not achieving anything, are you? Really? Like no. they just seem. It just seems so idiotic to me that these things exist. Like it sucks so much. Well, yeah. We when we can talk about like. <laughs> I mean, I don't think this is going to be out of our comfort zone, yeah. but like some people say that like we mentioned the nuclear bomb basically brought on peace because if everyone's got nuclear explosive nuclear warheads and stuff, no one wants to use them because. 
they're so like they're so like powerful that it would just destroy like if 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 someone if if Russia fired a nuclear warhead at America, America would fire one back at Russia, then everyone loses. Yeah, that, that's yeah, yeah. The, that's the idea, that, I guess. Well, uh, but I mean, yeah, I I agree. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm no pro nuclear. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Like, I'm not even saying like I'm pro or or, or not. I'm just saying like it sucks that these exist. Yeah. That's it, really. Yeah. Okay, so this is the science part now. Um, science. so I. So essentially, you, everyone is exposed to radioactive things, uh, and you know bananas. Radioactive. Yeah, bananas. Are, <laughs> you know what? Bananas are extremely radioactive. They they, which is crazy. So don't eat a lot of bananas, I suppose. Or you know, if you're getting like a a, a CT scan or a mammogram or a chest X-ray, like you're exposed to some form of radiation, and none like that doesn't affect you or it won't affect you because you just there's so few doses. And if if you're a doctor and you work in that environment, um. You can only do so many x-rays before they say, right, you've got to stop. You've had your quote for this year. We'll move on to the next one. So anyway, um, they're called like, the, the the thing that they describe them as are MSVs. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, you're exposed to X MSVs a year or X MSVs for doing like a, a chest x-ray. So a good statistic is not point not eight for chest x-ray, which is okay. about anything, right? Um, and in a year, you might get exposed to anything between 2.4 all the way up to maybe like 10 but i think 20 is a is a maximum that you're supposed to i also believe isn't it true that you get exposed to radiation when you're on flights as well so if you go in an airplane and you go above a certain threshold up in, in the sky you are susceptible to more radiation yeah i was gonna say to do yeah. the so i think i was watching a video of a guy go into the exclusion exclusion zone like as like a tourist sort of thing and um, he was there for like a couple of days. At the end, they showed, told him how much radiation he got. And he basically, because it's quite safe, relatively safe there now, he got the same amount of radiation as you would if you went on like an eight-hour or nine-hour flight. So you apparently you, you do get some radiation from that, which I didn't, I didn't realize at all. That's Well, are you ready for the, some of these statistics? Oh, yeah, go on, go on. Right, I'm scared. are you ready for this? All right, to put it in perspective, um, when you get a chest x-ray, you get 0.08 MSV, which is obviously a, a dose of radiation that is not normal to human beings. Um, and then, you know, if you got a mammogram, it'd be like not 0.13. Um, and if you are a doctor or a nurse or whoever's doing the x-ray, like you can only do a certain amount of those per year. Uh, or they pull after that they pull you off it. You can't be in the in the room, can you? You've got to be in a special like safe safe place. You can't work in that close environment. To yeah, yeah. Trays and stuff. They, I think they just don't they pull like pull you out of the, like the whole area and put you in a different part of the hospital. Potential. I'm not. I think I read. I think I read that sure. earlier on. But to put to put it in perspective, right? So that's 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 a lot of radiation. So not point not eight is a lot of a lot of radiation to be exposed to. So just in the natural background, the residents of 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 Chernobyl or Pripyat um, experienced MSVs of up to forty eight, which is a lot, like a lot, a lot. Um, and then if you look to the liquidators. Um, oh, this is also over uh, an average of twenty years, by the way. Just so you know, um, if yeah, if you look at the liquidators, um, it's a hundred or over. So it's lethal. It's, yeah, uh, I'm just obviously. doing the maths on that. So the the general residents received pretty much six hundred chest X rays. Wow, worth of radiation, which is 
Yeah. A lot. Flipping it. So I've I've just got a couple of of points. So if any of our many listeners find themselves in an area Ooh, yeah. where there's um, a nuclear catastrophe and you haven't already been wiped out from the fallout, from the initial blast. Can I, I tell you what I would do? Just just like, just like from watching films and movies and stuff. What would you do, Ant? Well, according to Indiana Jones, I'm supposed to hide in a <laughs> fridge. <laughs> a lead-lined fridge. Yeah, and then you get exploded uh, out of that fridge. You fly across... A desert, and you land, and then somehow you're fine. And get out. And you're would right. you wait, 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 wait? Before you, talk, if it was, if it was me, I might lock all the windows and doors, and lock maybe, them. yep. Well, you know, shut everything. You know, like get everything, get everything as airtight as physically possible to just deal with like the particles, and maybe mm. get as low as possible rather than. In the I air. would, I would, okay, I would just Hide under the covers. Drive as far away from that place as possible. Oh yeah, I mean that's oh, yeah, obviously. But if you if you're in a, not in a position to be able to drive, yeah, if well, you're stuck in your house, this this is what I found from the internet. So uh, obviously, I don't I don't know if this has been given to me by an expert. Conspiracy <laughs> <laughs> um, cartoons were involved okay. uh, in the description of things. So uh, basically, how. This is how to survive a nuclear fallout. Obviously, this is more based on a nuclear bomb because that is more may- likely. maybe more likely than a reactor, but I think there's probably been more reactors explode rather than bombs purposely explode. Either way, it, you know, it might help. So, first thing to do, probably. you want to be preferably indoors. Um, That's good. Uh, Better to be low to the ground. If you can, if you've got a cellar, that's where you Boom. need to be, uh, and you need to be there for at least the first forty-eight hours. Right. Um, you should be drinking bottled water and canned food so that it doesn't nothing that's had any particles on it or has been affected. You want you want to kind of cut yourself off from the outside world as mm. soon as possible. It did go on to talk about maps and compasses and survival skills but we're just we're trying to survive here um, i'll tell you what if, if, if this happens i'm driving to johnny's house because he'll be able to lead the expedition out <laughs> uh, so do you, do you not mean john's house John <laughs> he keeps water, water in the bath <laughs> <laughs> true um, just, well, if, by the time we get to john's it'll, you know there'll just be a, a big hole in the ground and we'll anyway, <laughs> in joke doesn't matter so if if you're in the first one to four miles from the blast radius you're probably going to have burns of some sort this, obviously, we talk about bomb here, so you want to stop that, stop them from getting infected. You want to put on some sort of savlon or uh, aloe vera. It's good to have an aloe vera plant. I've oh, got yeah. two here. Um, you, yeah, you want to stop them from getting infected. You want to stay away from rain. The rain, oh, yeah. absolutely. The rain yeah. will contain nuclear particles, yeah. um, radioactive particles that will cause you harm. So if there's a storm, stay stay inside. Also, some advice, travel at night. Supposedly, nuclear activity is slightly less harmful at night time. That's weird. Again, I'm, I'm questioning this as I'm reading it, but, you know, if it mm. happens, at least you've got a plan. Yeah, it's the internet. It's <laughs> always right. Um, after the first two weeks, the toxicity will drop very quickly. So, you know, you might have to be inside in the same place for two weeks, so... Make sure you've got enough food and water to Sorry. last for that amount of time. I've got my Brexit box of food anyway, so I'm prepared. <laughs> um, if you are exposed outside before you get inside, 
make sure you take off all the clothes that you're wearing and make sure you wash properly uh, so that no particles uh, are up on your persons as you're, as you're trying to stay safe away from everything that's going on. And also blow your nose because particles can get in there <laughs> and uh, I'd say uh, go underneath your fingernails and your ears. Have a good, Co- have a good scrub. Yeah, a proper good scrub. Um, and that was it for the um, for the advice. I mean, whether you try and drive away, try and escape it that way, or try and immediately go into some shelter, I'm not entirely sure which is best in the long run to maybe face a higher dosage of radiation while trying to escape or maybe get slightly less by being in a place which isn't as good. I, so I, I wonder if, I wonder if like, cause like a nuclear bomb exploding is kind of different to the, to the thing that happened in Chernobyl, which is like a slow, just re- constant release of mm. nuclear particles. I would say for me around there, get out of that place. Ugh, we don't want to be near that, that reactor as it's going off. But with a, with a bomb, yeah, I mean, Stay indoors, it seems but like. One of the issues you might have is, you know, if if I was in my house, I'd maybe go into the room under the stairs because it's a central room. It's not, there's no kind of outside walls on it. So that's where I'd maybe go tied out. It'd be well boring because there's yeah. nothing in there. But that's that's where I'd go. But if you're in a car and you get into a traffic jam mm. and the traffic jam's not going there anywhere and or your car breaks down, like with the nuclear... Uh, radiation, oh, yeah, it might yeah, affect yeah, the yeah, electrics. Yeah, you you, you don't that. know what's going to happen. I did some research, uh, well, and this is, we'll probably end on this, but thought try and like lift everyone's spirits up a little bit. I did some research on like what's happened to the wildlife uh, in the surrounding area of, um, of Chernobyl. So I had a little look into, just a little look into what happened, you know, in the aftermath and then what's happened since. So um, there was uh one of the interesting things that happened was uh, there was a pine forest near the plant and it was really heavily affected by the radiation. Um, what's kind of interesting is that all the pine trees died pretty much instantly uh, when the explosion happened. Like within like the, the, the first couple of days, they all died. And then they all turned, uh, the leaves turned red. Uh, and like, I think they show it in the show, but I thought it was sort of like a exaggeration of like oh, a few months they all died. But apparently it happened pretty much inst- well, instantly. Um, all most of the animals died within that area as well, um, and the authorities and the scientists they they thought because of like all this nuclear radiation that the uh, the zone the exclusion zone would pretty much be just be devoid of wildlife, like there would just be like nothing there because everything would die. However, uh, after it's been thirty three years since uh since that happened, the area is now pretty much thriving with animals and wildlife. There's uh it's now you know, filled with uh, brown bears, bisons, wolves, lynxes, uh, horses, over 200 different species of birds. And basically, I mean, one of the reasons why this has happened is because the lack of human interference with the Mm -hmm, area. mm -hmm. Um, Because there's no one, we're not there impacting on them. They're able to just, you know, live freely and, and, and it's sort of flourished since then. And I was curious, I was like, well, I wonder why the radiation that doesn't have killed them or affected them. Well, basically, like the radiation affects humans because we have a long lifespan. So, like we have a long lifespan, um, you know, we might be cut down by half of our lifespan. So instead of us living eighty years, we might live to forty. Whereas a lot of animals, they don't have very long lifespans, so it doesn't really mm. affect them too much. They're able to get to the the age where they can reproduce, 
and then you know they might have a, a couple of them might you know some of them might die a little bit earlier than normal but most of them live the normal lifespan and you know get killed by the elements or lack of food or the other animals but basically what what's sort of like surprising is just like how it's sort of like a separate thing to Chernobyl and more of a sort of like okay the global warming and like the impact of humans have on 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 the wildlife and the ecosystem it's amazing really how like we must have such a big impact on the wildlife because if our impact on the wildlife is worse than a, a nuclear explosion and a nuclear fallout this sort of shows you how like how impactful we are on the on, on wildlife um, but yeah basically now the uh, the exclusion zones turned into a giant uh, wildlife reserve, one of the biggest in, in Europe, basically. And unintentional good thing that might have happened that come out of Chernobyl. I think it's super interesting. Like, it's exactly what I suppose I was, like, upset about in episode four. And you've kind of just, like, then you've sort of leveled it out, I guess. And it's like, well, actually, at least, like, they've been given this, like, chance and this opportunity. Yeah. This feels really good. There's this one thing I want to add right at the end because it wouldn't be a movie quest if we didn't have like a rating. Thing. Oh, yeah, okay. Where would you place this in your uh, top TV? Oh, man, that's so hard to say because it's so, it's so, it's a bit too early for me to say. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, Could it... John, Johnny was, you were talking before a little bit about how you, you're not sure about how this sort of like. It feels like it's so good, but you know it's sort of hard to tell because it's quite quite close, isn't it? Yeah, it. obviously we've we've only just watched it, and there's a lot of hype out right now, so we're we're all in the midst of it. But I feel like we're watching something that you know it could be like the first time you saw Band of Brothers, or it could be like the first time you saw um, you know a couple of episodes of Breaking Bad or something like that. It's we've we've kind of. Um, come across this and before we started doing any of these podcasts we we spoke am- amongst each other and saying we didn't we didn't want to do any of our top top films in case we did them injustice like we didn't want to talk about them in case we um didn't do a good episode or we didn't you know we weren't uh, ready it, yet to talk about we weren't yeah. ready yeah. and we feel like through watching this this has become potentially one of our favorite tv shows and um We've we've kind of broken our one of our initial rules of not to not to do something that um which is so um highly regarded in in case we in case we spoke about it wrongly really. So it's you know, I think it's a um a fantastic T V show. It's it's been very impactful over the last couple of weeks, obviously thinking about doing the podcast. It's been quite quite a wait thinking about it, thinking about the amount of people who were sacrificed yeah, to stop the the radiation, the you know the the Russian government, how they dealt with it. I think this um, is is this the first is this our first? Obviously, it's a TV show, but a first like thing we've watched that's based on a true story. Yeah, it's our first sort of real life thing, and it's it is quite um, yeah, as I say, weighty. Mm. Uh, and I'm almost kind of glad to kind of watch the last episode and have it done with my life, but there's there's people who were continuing to live with it and feel oh, yeah. the effects of it today. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend people to definitely watch it, um, give it a go and educate yourselves, but it's by no means an easy watch. And although we've like joked about it, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's quite dark and somber oh, totally, and yeah. reflective. 
Uh, so, yeah, take it, take it as you will. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm kind of. It's one of those things because because it, it's only a mini series. It's only five episodes long. Like, I feel like a lot of there's a lot of TV shows I'll watch the first season of, and be like, oh, that was an amazing season. And then you always sort of tail off towards you know to get to just go on and on and on. Eventually, you know, they can't they can't keep it up. Whereas I think this has been a really nice. Um, I think it, you could probably do it as a film, but I, I think it's there's it, so much in it that you kind of it's good that it's it's given it a bit of time and you can get a bit more invested in the characters and you see a lot of the different aspects of the show. Um, I mean, again, it's hard to compare to a lot of the other TV shows just because they're, they're much longer running TV shows and it's 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 more like a movie than it is a TV show, I think. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I think at the moment it's IMDb's top rated TV show of all time. I don't know that will stay like that because I think usually when stuff comes out quite when it first comes out it gets mm. rated a lot higher. But I could definitely see this is like a must. I I think it's a must watch. Um, it's not that much of an investment either. Probably five hours long. Like mm. it's totally like worth definitely worth seeing. Uh, I I was I was it, it for me it was a sort of the antidote to the ending of Game of Thrones. I'm kind of glad that this this came out just after that because. Obviously, that didn't leave a great taste in the mouth, and this is, uh, and then obviously this is very dark and very different to Game of Thrones. But as something to look forward to each week of find out what's mm. going to happen. It, it shows you that TV can still be impactful. Oh yeah. Um, just one thing to to add on to the creation of the show, of of um, Chernobyl. Um, I think it's been done with the proper reflection. Um, I was thinking back to other films where of recent events like the the nine eleven film and stuff came out within just a couple of years of the incident happening and it it was too soon to really have a full reflection of the incidents of 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 what happened although it's, you know it's still a half decent film with uh, Nicolas Cage and various other people I feel like this um, Chernobyl uh, has had the proper reflection and the the full yeah. story we can see the full story being played out and we've got all the right information we know exactly what happened with particular people and although it's dramatized uh and you know some characters are formed into one and various other things i feel like it's a very very good representation of the events that actually happened rather than something that was hashed together mm. in the immediate aftermath of of the event yeah, I you there's nothing that I could say that you guys haven't already said. Like I just think the show opens my eyes and our eyes and and a lot of other people's eyes to an event maybe they didn't think they needed to know about. Totally, yeah. But now that we know about it, like I just think it's do it did the lives that were lost. I I also think sorry just to, I think you could watch a documentary and understand what happened, but I don't think you would properly get what people went through, which is why I think this is, this is like, yeah, I mean, this is like, I'm glad this was made. Like it, it, it totally like you, you understand, you, you understand so much more what people had to go through and what the, the, the cost of the, you know, what the cost of lives were and, and what the people had to, had to deal mm. with and all the different things they had to overcome. So the, I mean, you could watch a documentary and it would, it would inform you a lot of that, but I don't know if you'd be able to. I think it, the way it's dramatized definitely um, helps you feel the weight. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 
Okay, and on that note, I think we're going to end this podcast. Um, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with our normal schedule of a movie. Make sure you check out our Instagram. Uh, and uh, if you've got any questions about the show, any comments, uh, we'll maybe read them out. Yeah. yeah. Please contact us. And uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks. <laughs>